Taloch. 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 back again back for what the heck with myself Jono and, and me back and me back and me back this is what the me heck back. with me and myself <laughs> um welcome everybody to another episode we're doing we've changed locations once again we have we're just doing a tour of Melbourne <laughs> tour of I was gonna say no nah, the eastern suburbs but we're not the eastern suburbs <laughs> uh, off to another strong start it's been how long Almost two weeks since we recorded an episode. Yes, we had the unfortunate... We recorded our Bigfoot episode, which we referred to in last episode, saying stay tuned for Bigfoot next week. Mm. And there's no Bigfoot this week because uh, we we stuffed the audio pretty much. We did. It was an unfortunate error. Uh, we didn't do anything wrong. It was just like, you know, these things happen. It's fine. I don't blame anyone. I don't. I certainly don't blame Sassy Sasha. Super producer Sasha. It's it, it's one of those things, and also like we were saying off mic, every <laughs> off podcast record. has an episode where they're like, "Oh, the audio didn't work this episode, so we will put it on the Patreon," which then descended into a discussion about other podcast Patreons and how much they earn. So, if anybody would like to join our Patreon, it doesn't exist yet, but we would love to get it up to you know ten k a month right away. That would be great. Thank you. What do you reckon the starting price tier should be? At least twenty dollars a month. Twenty dollars a month, easy, absolute entry level, <laughs> entry level. And at this stage, you don't get anything for that. All you get is access to the one recorded episode that we didn't release because the audio was so bad. That's what you get. And all the references that we've made in the first mm. bunch of episodes about what's on the Patreon. That means we're going to have to go back and listen and, and figure, figure out. out what we need to put on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh. I, would also, I would also suggest that a large swathe of our listenership doesn't know what a Patreon is. So um, we'll have to first explain what that is. To- Literally, your mom, my mom. It's definitely not my mom. My mom told me this was a waste of time. <laughs> Liz Ogden, doesn't she listen? Liz Ogden's had a Liz listen. Liz Ogden, shout, shout out, out to Liz. Your mom. Um, my mom, shout out to Carolyn, um, who did tell my dad when we had lunch at their place the other weekend, dad was a bit grumpy with me because he was like, I didn't know you were making a podcast. And mom was like, uh, I definitely told you she was making a podcast. And he was like, no, you didn't. And mom's like, I did. And you must have just forgotten. And he was like, no, I would have remembered. And she was like, I definitely told you. And we went back and forth like that for quite some time. And, so Shane Barker uh, has to be our first guest on the pod. <laughs> yes. My forgetful dad can be our first guest on the pod. I um, I was having like a group Zoom with like uh, all the people at work. And there's like 20 or 25 in our team. And one of the, one of the guys in the team who like, supports a lot of the stuff that I do outside of work as well. Like, you know, the side business and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. He's like, oh, how's the podcast going, Jono? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you know, this is like something that I've split completely from my work life. I don't tell anybody at work that I'm podcasting on the side besides what I post on Instagram. Does he, yeah, but does he follow you on social media? Yeah, he well, does. Well, there you go, you dummy. There's your first <laughs> trick. No one I work with follows me on social media. That way. I even sporadically check who's viewing my stories to make sure that they haven't like snuck in there and they're viewing my stories mm, smart though i, I don't think too open and honest with people well you also work with like probably cool people <laughs> your own age i work with um largely middle-aged parents who i don't think have instagram um or if they do it's just to monitor what their kids are doing 
Maybe. No, they're... Yeah, maybe. Uh, my mum and dad have Instagram and they don't post on it and they comment on my stories all the time. Carolyn Vaca has Instagram and she's very active. Mm. She's got a good good grid. This a lot of been, stuff on there. A good grid. This has just been talk about our parents. There's been, there's been parents on social media <laughs> hour. Thank you. Their interruptions in our life. Hey, I found a pretty... It's a pretty fun... I don't know if you love it, but I'm a, you're a lover of sports, so... <laughs> Famously. And obviously, AFL's back next week. Oh, can't wait. Oh, they've wish been you could dying. be there. <laughs> this whole time I've been like, oh, bring back the footy. Am I right? So Melbourne's about to get a bit footy mad again. Great. Front page of the paper, if you still get the print. Awesome. Uh, but the NRL started up last week again. <gasps> NRL Island? <laughs> no, not NRL Island. All I wanted was for NRL Island to become a thing. When they floated, but like, what if we put all the players on an island and made them play sport on an island and we broadcasted that? I was like, yes. So a sidebar from my story, yes. the UFC is actually going to do a UFC island. <laughs> They're going to take everyone to some rich guy's island and just Duke have a bunch out. of shows on there. That is even more like dystopia because UFC is fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's literally just, like something gonna, from a movie. Yes. We're going to put a bunch of people on an island and make them beat each other up for your entertainment yeah. while you're all in confinement. I feel like they're going to like Richard Branson's Island or something. Oh, or probably the island where they're going to looking glass. fight a fest. <laughs> fight the fire fest island. Fest, yeah, sorry. Um, but so, yeah, the NRL started up last week and they were trying to think of ways to engage with fans because fans obviously couldn't go. Mm. So this is happening a little bit in the AFL next week, but... Clubs have gone out to their members and have said, we're going to print a 1,000 or 2,000 cardboard cutouts mm. and uh, send us your photo. Love this idea. What could go wrong? We'll print it <laughs> and put it up. So the main ha-ha was, I don't know if I can find it, but someone put, sent a photo of their dog. So their dog got printed and was like in the stands, which was pretty funny. Mm, fantastic. But here, and I'll show you this, someone did... UK politician Dominic Cummings. <laughs> that is pretty good. Who was obviously... Uh, did he keep news. his job? Well, I think he did. I reckon one of his younger staffers or something got fired instead of him. Like, almost took the blame for him. <sighs> well, I think that that's sort of been, like we were talking about, obviously before <laughs> the the developments of the last six days in America have really uh, bumped coronavirus off the headlines. Is corona still around? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think it is, and I think it will be probably more bad news in the US in the weeks to come yes. on that front. Um, but I think that there's probably a lot of politicians who've done really dodgy things in the last few days who've probably been able to get away with it because they're like, oh, oh I'm so glad these giant protests are going on and taking away from the bad stuff I've been doing. Uh, yeah, they're kind of, I was obviously in Melbourne on the weekend. They're going to be doing some protests in the city, and then you like, jump on the horrible place that is Facebook and people are like, oh, well, if we can get three or 400 people together mm. in a protest, why can't I go we'll see... the pub. Yeah. Chairman Dan won't let me have some beers at the pub. Dictator Dan. <laughs> Dictator Dan, the friendless loser. <laughs> <It'll work. laughs> um, which is obviously disappointing to see people acting that way. It is disappointing, but I think that is... Obviously, we don't want to dwell on this too much, uh, but I think it is, like, interesting to see those comments come up because I think people are more and more learning that those comments aren't okay and that people are sort of understanding more about why people protest and, and, and what that looks like. 
uh, and what injustice looks like. And I think that that's sort of the point where people are getting to, especially like in America, like it's really a tipping point. I don't think it was, you know, this, the one very obviously awful killing of George Floyd last week, um, which was undeniably a tragedy and a crime. I think that wasn't, it's not the first time it's happened. And I think no. it's a culmination of hundreds of years of people being absolutely fed up and nothing changing. And I think that it is only a good thing that people are sort of trying to take power back into their own hands and force a change. And I think that the more that happens, the more we're forced to have those conversations and that maybe people in the comment section of Facebook will learn more and more about what yeah. revolutionary political activity looks like. So it's going to be those douchebags that will just have that opinion no matter what, which obviously is unfortunate. And it's, it's sad. It's obviously sad that something like that in America has to trigger um, for something to happen over here. Because, yeah, 100%. I mean, from my point of view, um, I'm not as close to the issue as, uh, you know, I was, I've never that been that close to the issue, not to say I've ignored the issue. But obviously these things have been, like there's a couple of these cases in Australia that are very recent. They were not in the media pretty much mm -hmm. whatsoever, not in the mainstream media. And for something like that to happen in America um, to trigger, I guess, the media and the people to realise what the hell's going on is pretty, pretty shit. Yeah, and I can imagine how frustrating it must be for Indigenous Australians to sit at home and watch everybody get riled up over this now and be like, oh, well, I'm so glad it's not like that in Australia and they're probably, you know, sitting at home clawing their eyes out because it's just, it must be so frustrating. And um, I think both of us said the same thing this week, which is obviously that we can never understand. We have... Uh, immense privilege as white people who grew up where we grew up so we could never understand what that must be like but certainly um while we can't talk too much on it because it's not necessarily our place we will try our best to educate ourselves further and learn more and uh we should probably put some although i know it's only our 20 friends who listen to this we can put some links in the description of places to donate if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are not someone we already know who has already donated or shared resources we will we'll add some of those in the episode description and yeah and hopefully our the app can be a slight distraction from everything that's going on yeah not to say to bury it by any means whatsoever no but um we got a pretty fun topic today we do, we so, do, and I'm excited about it. I and don't know I'm how to segue out of it. <laughs> segue out of it. I was meant to, my next point was actually, before I got into this, was going to be about the monkey who stole the COVID vaccines. That really, truly did make me feel like we are living in end of days. Um, over the weekend, we were supposed to record over the weekend, and I, instead I spent probably 72 straight hours watching police brutality videos on the internet, which was very good for my mental health. Um, but... In the midst of all of that, some monkeys um, broke into or escaped from a lab where they were testing the COVID vaccine <laughs> and like broke out with this like COVID vaccine samples. And I just was like, first. we are fully living in, in the end of days, like a movie about the apocalypse. That's fully where we are right now. Do you reckon someone trained his monkey like a guy <laughs> knew? Placed his monkey in a testing facility on purpose and was like, now get the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Or they like trained the monkey to be like casually walking down the street and someone's going to be like, that's weird, but I don't think that monkey's <laughs> going to go in there and steal that vaccine. <laughs> and the monkey just walks in. Yeah, look, I mean, it's possible, I guess. Remember that there was that monkey in Ikea in the little coat? Remember that monkey in Ikea? <laughs> in the little... What? You haven't seen the Ikea monkey? No. Oh, my God. 
that is so cute. I love him. Look at his look at his sheepskin coat. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you saw a monkey? If I saw I'd be like, I'm taking him. If I saw the Ikea, I would fully have wanted to pick up the Ikea monkey. Although he probably would have bitten you. The closest I've ever got was when I was at Ikea in Richmond. I, um, (laughs) 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 um, I, there was a bird in that got caught. It's like a full on Sherpa jacket. (laughs) Literally a Sherpa jacket, but for a tiny monkey. Um, yeah, Ikea Richmond, there was a bird caught in the internal, uh, Elevator. Was it wearing a Sherpa jacket as well? (laughs) It was a tiny sparrow in a tiny sparrow Sherpa jacket. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that was my two cents. (laughs) The other article I was going to share with you quickly was I just looked up strange news today and there was an article on Sky News about officials claim Pakistan's spy pigeon has been captured. So there was a pigeon that was apparently spying and sending like well, we do have a, we, we have a Q&A episode coming up and we did have some questions about pigeons. So I've been doing a little bit of research on pigeons. <laughs> You're a pigeon expert now. And I am now a pigeon expert. So that doesn't surprise me because pigeons are used in war all the time. Yeah. You think it's like 1917, that kind of... That was a reference for Sassy Sasha. You, you think it's like a war movie where I they use carrier pigeons, movie. but they literally do use pigeons. I think they still do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's probably a good segue because... <laughs> Today, we're talking about another type of animal. <laughs> Are we? Is he real or is he not real? Or is she? Sorry, I actually didn't, don't know if they refer to it as a she or a he. Let's, we, can use, we can use the gender neutral they, them. We can. Uh, they being Nessie, the Loch Ness yeah. Monster. This one is quite like a fanfare thing for me. I remember me and my mate Scott when we were in high school and we had like free periods or something. We were just like watch and research Nessie videos <laughs> and like watch the shit videos that Were you people really would cool put on in YouTube. high school? Yeah. <laughs> we were part of the Nessie fan club. <laughs> um, so this was a, a nice trip down memory lane for me to go back and uh, see some stuff and I learned some new stuff as well. I'm excited to hear all about it. All right, we'll have a quick break and then we'll get into Nessie. Woo! Do you have the oat milk? Oat milk. All right, Beck. so the Loch Ness Monster is often described, this is the, the description that I pulled off the internet, he, she, it is described as a large, long-necked, um, I guess, dinosaur, <laughs> dinosaur or sea-like creature mm-hmm. uh, that has one or more humps, mm-hmm. essentially. So there's like... There's a lot of folklore where they think it's like, um, what's that dinosaur that has the really long neck? Um, uh, All about Plesi- plesiosaur? That's probably right, but probably wrong. Don't, don't Google it. Um, I don't want to know. Let's go with plesiosaur. Just given the shape and the type of photos that the proof has come from. I know the one. It's like in Jurassic Park when it's like, like it's the friendly one. Yeah. And it's like eating leaves off a tree or whatever. Exactly. But when you say it's got humps, so that was always a question I had. Is it is it basically the friendly dinosaur from the start of Jurassic Park with two humps? Or is it like a big eel and the humps are like just like it coming out of the water? Well, this is where I think there's a bit of conjecture about okay. what it actually looks like. Because right. a lot of the photos have, are it in the water. Mm. Photos or drawings or whatever you want to call it. And... They can see like multiple humps, so they're either like it's a dinosaur with a couple mm. of humps, 
or it's like a sea serpent thing that's like going woo. I know that doesn't really make any sense over a podcast, me going woo. I know, but it's exactly what I did. For those of you at home, we're waving our fingers in the air, (laughs) going woo. Um, So, yeah, the one thing that I kind of found interesting was probably more about the lock itself. So Loch Ness is a giant lake. So the Loch Ness, so it's it's like the whole Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein was a scientist and and the No, so <laughs> So Loch Ness is 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 a lock called the Ness. No, right? It's, it's the called, name of the lake. It's called Loch Ness. Yeah, that's the name of the lock is Ness. Yeah, and I guess Loch Ness. And then the monster that lives in it is the Loch Ness monster. So lock is the Gaelic word for lake. Yeah. So yeah. Lake Ness. It's a lake called Ness. Okay. And then the monster that lives in it, we also call the Loch Ness monster. Uh, yes. Then people just call it Nessie. Yes. Uh, yes. Correct. Okay. Glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> Episode done. <laughs> Thank you. So Loch Ness is a 22 uh, square mile lake. That has an official maximum depth, which I'm pretty sure when I talk about this later, that is not correct. But according to this, it says it's 754 feet. How big's a foot? Deep. Half a metre? Uh, two metres? Two and a half. Nah, I'm going to get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is where... Well, if I'm five foot two, but I'm only 106 centimetres... 106, 160 centimetres. Not even, that's rounding up. Uh, so 3.2 feet is one metre. Okay. So, so what's that? Using a Google calculator, uh, it's 230 metres deep. It's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. <laughs> I'm not a lake I expert. Don't have any, I don't have any depth perception. So the room we're sitting in now is probably two and a half metres. Maybe almost. So it's a hundred time, but even that I can't picture it. Is it? Is it very deep? (laughs) Is it deep? Isn't that the question in life? How deep is the deepest part of the ocean? Uh, I feel like this should be on our Q and A episode. (laughs) We'll keep it for the Q and A. You can move on. (laughs) Anyway, the location of it is about three and a half hours. Uh, from Glasgow and 25 minutes from Inverness in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So that's just a bit of backstory about the lake. So backstory about the Loch Ness Monster. So it actually goes back as far as 1,500 years. So there's like old school texts, yeah. books um, that describe large animals like a sea serpent or a water horse. Uh, and the earliest... Do horses written... have humps? Well, it's a water horse. Have you seen a water horse before? What's a, what's a water horse? It's an ancient animal. I, I can't tell if you're messing with me. Well, like a seahorse? No, they're quite different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just like a normal looking horse that has fins for feet. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Again, move on. That's fine. I, I get it. Um, so the earliest written sighting comes from a 7th century biography of a missionary called St. Columba. Um, and they're the, you probably know this saint, the saint responsible the for converting Scotland to Christianity. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a group of, in, in the text that St. Columba wrote, there's a group of locals uh, that 
apparently killed a water beast as part of the scripture. Um, and sorry, and sorry, one of the companions of Saint Columba was killed by a water beast, and then Saint Columba brought the man back to life. So mm. that's where the writings, the original writings, convenient. Come from. Convenient for Columbo. And this is like George and the Dragon, Columbo. right? Wasn't it Saint George and the Dragon? Seems like a lot of saints back in the 1500s and stuff were fully tripping and being like, whoa, we saw this crazy monster and we killed it. And they're all over, they're friends with mythical creatures. Yeah. Um, and it says here also that Saint Columba ordered one of the disciples to swim across the lock. Um, and as he was doing that, he was pursued by the same water beast. Ooh. So this water beast apparently wasn't a fan of St. Columba. When Maybe. was this? Wait, 1500s? Could dinosaurs still have been around? I mean, I guess I'm sure you'll get to the theories of what it is later, but I, you know. So this is the mid-6th century. Don't, don't look at me like that. This is like Crocodile, 600. Crocodiles are like dinosaurs, right? Crocodiles are like, yeah, yeah, hey. I'm hey. not a dinosaur expert. I'm not a dinosaur expert, but don't they think that, like, you know, crocodiles are like... Yeah, descendants of dinosaurs. Descendants of dinosaurs. Couldn't it be, like, so some kind of dinosaur... Don't laugh. <laughs> You're both laughing at me, but I could be on to something here. Uh, so, St. Columba, with the help of prayer, uh, persuaded the monster to leave. Well... Um, the beast plunged back into the water. Never to be seen until someone spotted him in 1870. So what, that, that's 300 years? Uh, no, well, the first one was 6th century, so isn't that 600 AD? Am I right in... I don't know how centuries work. <laughs> <laughs> so again, save for the Q&A. I don't know. I don't know anything. I well, literally don't know anything. I can't... I don't know how many times I have to say it. I don't know anything. Well, we say the 21st century, yeah? So the 7th century... 21st century is the century we're living in right now. I know, but are we living in the year 2100? No, but it's the 21st lot of a thousand years. Well, we're living in 2020, so we're living in... Oh, yeah, I guess anything before 2000 was the 20th century. Anything after 2000 is the 21st century. Got it. Okay, yeah, I'm on board. I'm back on board. <laughs> this is almost like a mini Q&A in this one. <laughs> so this will be around 800, 800 BC. No, AD, not BC. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Wow. So he wasn't seen for like another thousand years? Apparently. Damn. The power yeah. of prayer. <laughs> that should be the tagline of the show. <laughs> uh, so the, the next sighting was uh, in 1870s. It just says when D. McKenzie. Of course. Our old mate D. Don't know what his first name was. Want to guess what his first name was? Dennis. Dennis. Dennis McKenzie. Dennis McKenzie. Um, claimed to have seen something wriggling and churning in the water of the loch. The loch. The loch. The loch. The loch. Um, but that account was not published for almost 65 years after that. Well, then can we really trust it? No. So Dennis is down the pub almost 70 years later being like, oh, when, I was, when I was 20, oh. I, th I saw something weird in the loch. And everyone went, oh, my gosh, Nessie's back. A dinosaur's... Uh... <laughs> and then everybody in the pub had an argument about what century they were living in. And toe wrestling was born. <laughs> I'll bring it all back. 
Um, so the best known article, essentially one of the best known articles, because it's not the best known, this thing's lying, was in May 1993 in the Inverness Courier, and it was about a large beast or whale-like fish. Uh, the article was written by a guy called Alex Campbell. Um, but a whale-like fish doesn't sound anything like a water horse. But why do they say water horse when they could say, like, sea camel? Camels have got two humps. Horses don't have any humps. should be a sea camel. Uh, when I think about bodies of water, I relate it more to horses than I do camels. <laughs> of course. Because camels don't need to drink. Obviously. So why would they be near the water? You're right. You're 100% correct. Um, have you not been to Central Australia? Where there's apparently a lot of camels. <laughs> um, no, I've only been to Alice Springs. That's Central Australia. <laughs> I know, but like, I didn't see any camels in, I was literally in the CBD of Alice Springs and I didn't see a single camel. Uh, They were probably by the water. You're right, of course. (laughs) So, uh, Alex Campbell was the water bailiff of the Loch Ness. Does that mean the judge of the water? (laughs) Either that or a water water cop, a water rat. A bailiff works in a court, but he's not the judge. And they say, bailiff, bring the defendant It's like a security guard. So he's the security guard of the water. Of the lock. Okay. Uh, he was also a part-time journalist. Not, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, look, five days a week, I'm the uh, I'm a journalist, but on the weekends, I'm the bailiff of the lock. Yeah. So you can't see it here, but this is what the article that was published mm. in the paper. I'm not going to read Strange it. spectacle on Loch Ness. Mm. So then that takes us... To uh, and I've got some visuals here which I can post as well. That looks like a sea on, otter. Oh, we haven't even mentioned that we've got a Twitter now. <gasps> yeah, we have a Twitter now. We need followers. What please. the heck, Pod? Please follow us on Twitter. It looks pretty pathetic at the moment. <laughs> uh, though we're not tweeting anything at the moment because <laughs> I did a tweet during the week. Reasons. I said new episode coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's open ended, so. Uh, but, uh, as you can see, Beck, this is a photograph that was taken by a guy called Hugh Gray in 1933, in November of 1933. And this was the first, uh, photograph, uh, alleged photograph of the monster. So it's obviously cause it's from the thirties photography wasn't as schmick as it is. This days. looks like when you go to get, um, an ultrasound and you're trying to like watch the, the per- what are they called? Radiologist? Baby. <laughs> The baby, um, you're trying to watch the radiologist, uh, you know, roll on their thing around and you're looking on their tiny screen as if you are also a radiologist and you can tell what anything <laughs> is and you're just like, oh yeah, does, is that normal? Does that look right? Is that what that's supposed to look like? I've never had a... Never had one? Never had one. An ultrasound? No. I had to have an internal ultrasound where they shove a camera up, up you and I was, I just was so distressed about it that I made Luke come with me. And then Luke spent the entire duration of the ultrasound joking with the radiologist about how we were expecting a baby, even though we definitely are not. Uh, and then the lady and Luke kept joking about it so much that she was like, Luke was like, can we have a picture for the fridge? And she was like, definitely. So she printed <laughs> off a picture of my IUD sitting inside my <laughs> reproductive organs and then printed it off. So Luke came home and stuck it on the fridge. And he showed all his friends. <laughs> day of my life and that is what this picture looks like it looks like the picture of my iud that we stuck up on the fridge maybe you should name that nessie as well <laughs> maybe i should uh so yeah slightly blurred uh and it says here it look apparently the head looks closely like a dog but i don't think there's a dog out in the lock um again which end is the head i'm gonna say this end that's the, right the end, end. Yeah. yeah um so that's one 
This one, oh, that's the Arthur Grant. That's, that's I don't know. So sad in 1934. <laughs> that one's really... <laughs> in 1934, <laughs> motorcyclist called. <laughs> the top half of that looks like it was drawn by a five-year-old. <laughs> what's that photo? That's uh, what's it's like that meme where it's like a perfect horse head, and it's like <laughs> when you get to the end of it, it's just like. Bleh. That is a hundred percent that picture. Um, so this is just a drawing of Nessie by a guy called Arthur Grant, who apparently saw him at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Um, he was a motorcyclist. He was a lieutenant commander as well. He nearly hit the creature while approaching. <laughs> Jeez, it must have had a wide berth to go around that right. one. Right. So that's another one. Now, this one is obviously the most famous photo of Nessie. Yes. It's called the surgeon's photograph. So it was, it says, supposedly taken by a guy called Robert Kenneth Wilson, who was a London gynecologist. Maybe it's the guy that was doing my ultrasound. <laughs> and uh, that was in that was on the 21st of April in 1934. So there's a few sightings around 33, 34. Mm. Um, so How he, close up is this photo? Because the eye looks really, really tiny. That could be literally like a duck. A duck. It also kind of looks tail. like a hand. Like yes, that. it very much looks like a hand. Um, and he also chose to not have his no, name associated with the photo slash article. So this was in the Daily Mail. And if it's the same Daily hey, Mail... That we know and love. <laughs> certainly it's reputable source. 100% real. Um, so he actually took four photos, and they say this one was the best picture. The rest were all a bit blurry and crap. Um, <laughs> this was the best? That one was the best. Okay. So for 60 years, the photo was considered the, the best evidence of Nessie. Um, but it's, this, it says here... An analysis of the full photograph indicated the object was small, about 60 to 90 centimetres. So oh, my gosh. Man, I could be a baby, Nessie. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't know what the sources are here, but it says since 1994, most agree that the photo was an elaborate hoax. Elaborate? It doesn't seem especially elaborate. Like you said, it kind of looks like a hand coming out of the water. This is like me making Luke take me down to... Mary Creek sticking my hand out the lake and, and the river and being like, ah, oh, the creek, take a photo, Luke, and then you put it on social media. It's, Mary like, creek it's, an, it's an elaborate hoax. It's not elaborate. It's just a hoax. Uh, then the, in 1938, there was a, actually a bit of film footage. I've, I've slightly watched this one, I think. I can't remember. But you can see it's kind of like some dark... I don't even know what you want An to call it. An object of some kind. Object of some kind. So this is by a South African tourist called G.E. Taylor. He filmed the lock for three minutes. Um, and it was published in a few places. Again, a few more sightings in the, in the 30s. In 1954, they did some sonar readings of the lock. Um, and the crew of the boat called Rival 3 noted that there was a large object that was keeping pace with the boat at 479 feet. So it was detected for 800 metres as they were travelling and then uh, lost contact and then they couldn't find it again on sonar. So, so uh, yeah, I, I guess for me in my head the lock is a tiny little lake, but it mustn't be. It must be quite large then, right? Humongous. Yeah. And I know the photo that I have here on Google probably doesn't, give you the proper context you like but it's no but it does lot. like it's it's very big but in my head it's always been a tiny circular lake whereas this is quite like a long yeah it's like a river 
And I, I, as much as I'm a super fan of Nessie, I don't think I ever looked up how big the lock actually was because, again, I just thought well, it was a giant lock. Obviously, as demonstrated earlier, if you told me how big it was, I wouldn't be able to get a grasp of that either. <laughs> I'd be like, how long is that? What is that like? I'm finally understanding why they describe things as how big they are in like football field size. Yeah. Like, that's the size of four football fields. Four MCG. Now I am the person who needs that measurement. I need to understand how many football fields a lock is. So in 2007, Beck, a 55-year-old lab tech by the name of Gordon Holmes videotaped this, and I'll just show you. Here it comes. I like the look of Gordon. This was a BBC documentary that he videotaped. Oh, yeah. So something obviously moving. And quite fast. Bit of a dark shadow moving pretty quickly in the lock. Mm. Um, so this is actually, it's from the history channel. I think the show is called in search of <laughs> this guy looks very well. Well, uh, <laughs> looks like he's been out in the lock for yeah. a while. <laughs> uh, so there's that one. Um, this is another photograph in 2011 by uh, a guy called George Edwards. who took that photo. It kind of just looks like a fish, a fish that's half out of the water. Uh, so he was aboard his boat called the Nessie Hunter. <laughs> oh. So I mean, to be fair, if I lived nearby, I'd probably have a boat called the Nessie Hunter as well. Edwards claims that he searched for the monster for 26 years oh. and reportedly spent 60 hours per week on oh. board. Well, this is what I was going to say to you. Like, are there people who just go and sit on the water all day with cameras? Because that's what I feel like I would do if I was retired. Yeah. I just go and sit out there at all hours and hope that I captured something. Imagine looking for him for 60 years and all you get is that little photo that looks kind of like a barramundi peeking his head out the top of the lake. Mm. Oh. But if you see it, you get rich. Do you? Get rich or die trying. <laughs> Maybe 50 cents a massive <laughs> Loch Ness Monster Nessie, fan. Nessie fan. So I'm just trying to get through the cookies on this website. This is like watching Luke try and find me an episode of Great British Bake Off to watch. Bleep that out. But we'll be trying to watch the Great British Bake Off and it's like 50 pop-ups. And I'm like, it's not working. It's not working. And Luke's like, you just have to click out of the pop-ups, darling. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, no, there's more. And they're always really porny ones as well. And there's just some girl screaming on the on the screen with her legs apart. And I'm like, ah, ah how, do I, how do I get to the Bake Off? How do I get to the Bake Off? It's a very traumatic experience every time. So that's uh, another video from 2013 of a guy that took a five-minute video of a mysterious wave in the lock. Mm. And then there's this one, which is Ooh. a satellite image in 2014 on Apple Maps. It's Google Earth and Apple Maps. What are Apple Maps? Sassy Sasha. Apple Maps. Uh. <laughs> Isn't it just the same as Google Maps, but it's Apple? Yeah, it's Apple's, it's Apple's competitor. Yeah. It, it used to come like preloaded on your phone. Yeah, I think I'm just in Apple Maps. That just looks just like, recap, again... Recap what we just said so I can tell myself. Apple Maps is just like Google Maps. But for Apple. What? Right, crazy. Um, That just looks like a fish to me. Well, they think that the image appeared... That that, in terms of length, is 30 metres. So when right. they measure okay. it on the satellite image. Well, it's got a very big head and very not much to the rest of it. So what else is living in the lock? Yeah. Hmm. 
Because that doesn't look like the Loch Ness Monster. That just looks like a very big fish. Yeah. So, I know we've looked... I was about to refer to Bigfoot. <laughs> we haven't actually recorded haven't got episode. to that episode yet. <laughs> um, but there is a bit of an archive around uh, timelines of sightings. And there's a, a website called the Loch Ness Project.org. Yeah, always .org. .org. And you can go on there and see like a good timeline. And I think there's way more than this. I've just touched, touched on a few. Um, I'll post that link on the Twitter, eh? Hey. So there's also been some expeditions out onto the lock to try and find it. Um, there was one in 1934, another one in 1962 that went for 10 years. Whoa. Um, they spent 10 years and they didn't find anything? Yeah, so the one in 1962, they collated a group together called the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau. <laughs> and there was a UK society based, uh, UK, yeah, it was based in the UK, formed in 1962 by five or six dudes and maybe um, a lady to study the Loch Ness and identify the creature and determine the cause of the reports of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the same as like Bigfoot for me. If there's all these sightings, it's got to be like something's caused it or is it just mass hysteria? Is everyone like once we thought we saw something and now everyone's seeing it? I think they're all on that kind of same wavelength. One or two where it's kind of like, could be, couldn't be. And then people are like, we've got to find it. Mm. Um, so this, the Bureau, uh, was around for 10 years. It had an annual subscription as well. For you to be a member. Um, and at one point in time, it had over a thousand members. Well, I mean, look, that sounds like a lot, but didn't we just discuss before that that other podcast had like 30,000 <laughs> Patreon supporters? So a thousand members doesn't sound like a lot. This is back in 1960s though, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Just like inflation. <laughs> <laughs> works the same for... <laughs> oh yeah, it works the same way. Um, so another guy called Robert Ryans did like four different studies between 1972 and 2008. Damn. Again, a lot of these studies haven't really given any conclusive evidence. Bunch of photos with them, maybe, you know, like, is that a blur or is that Nessie type of deal? Um, there was also a, a big operation called Operation Deep Scan in 1987, <laughs> where 24 boats equipped with echo sounding equipment were deployed across the width of the dock. Um, and they didn't find anything. Like, that seems pretty comprehensive. After examining a sonar return indicating a large moving object moving Ooh. at a depth of 180 metres, uh, one of the guys that was a sonar expert, Daryl Lowrance, what a name, he said, there's something here that we don't understand. There's something here that's larger than a fish. Maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. I don't know. It's like a scary story. We recently watched the film. Um, I think I've told this story on the podcast already. Underwater, deep water. <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> Is there a sequel? <laughs> this movie left a profound effect on me. <laughs> I really liked it. And if I know anything, our <laughs> listeners write into us constantly being like, Beck, can you talk about Tell underwater? About underwater again. That film from literally six months ago with Kirsten Stewart. Please tell us more about it. It's such a good movie. But yeah, I think that uh, in that movie they break through and, and a big monster comes out. And I reckon it's probably something like that. 
Maybe it's not a hump, a humpy seahorse. Maybe it's just like a very big fish. Very big sea camel. Uh, in 2003, the BBC sponsored a search of the lock using 600 sonar beams. Wow. And they didn't find any animal of substantial size. So you've got to remember, I guess, this is almost 70 years after the first lot of proper sightings. So, 70 years or seven uh, centuries? <laughs> no, well, it's been, it's been like 1,300 years since the original ones. But I'm, what I'm saying is in the 30s where it was like really popular mm. versus early 2000s, Missy might have died. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It might have been gone. Well, maybe I was like had a baby and died and the, it takes like a couple of hundred years for it to get to full size, you know? And then, Maybe we're going to start seeing Nessie really crop up in the next couple of years. Well, some of these... It's end of days at the moment. I would not be surprised. <laughs> some of these descriptions, they actually think that there might have been a family of Nessies as well at oh. some stage. Um, again. There would have to be, right? Like, it couldn't just be one monster living in there by itself or one very big fish living in there by itself for all these years. Very lonely. Yeah. Poor Nessie. Nessie. Um, I was going to talk about hoaxes, but they're all a bit like, meh, like you'd expect... From them, there is one where in 1972, a team of zoologists from Yorkshire's Flamingo Park Zoo discovered a large body floating in the water. The corpse, which was five to five and a half meters long, weighed 1.5 tons apparently, uh, was described by the Press Association as having a bear's head and brown scaly body with claw-like fins. What? The creature was placed into a van to be carried away for testing, but police seized the cadaver under an act of parliament prohibiting the removal of unidentified creatures from Loch Ness. There's a law. It was later revealed that Flamingo Park Education Officer John Shields shaved the whiskers and other disfigured and otherwise disfigured a bull elephant seal which had died the week before and dumped it in Loch Ness to dupe his colleagues. Well, I mean, look though, that could be seen as two ways. Either the government's trying to cover it up and be like, oh, it was just like a consp- it was just a hoax, like we couldn't say anything, or they, or, or it was. <laughs> like it could be a genuine hoax, but the government mm. could also be pretending it's a hoax because they actually did find Nessie. Maybe. So as I was doing my research as well, I found out there's apparently other versions of Nessie around the world. Mm-hmm. There's the Tahoe Tessie, which it says is a creature, but probably was a creature or might be could a creature. Could be a creature. Uh, which resided in Lake Tahoe in America. Um, there's Bessie, Aww. which is the name given to a, a lake monster in Lake Erie. Uh, Erie, sorry. Lake Erie is in Australia, isn't it? Lake Erie? Lake Erie, like Erie, like Erie. Oh gosh, like, we're like... on geography now. <laughs> uh, in American folklore, there's uh, one called Champ or Champy. <laughs> oh, hey, which Champ. Which is the name of a lake monster. Yeah, Champion. Uh, said to live in Lake Champlain in New York. Um, Damn, I want to go. And then there's, I think you pronounce this, Kusi or Kushi, is a Japanese lake monster. I'd want to see the Japanese one because that would oh, probably be... absolutely. That's probably real. That's 100% real. Godzilla. So. 100%. Um, during my research, I was surprised to find that there was no national <laughs> conference for the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> Officiate. No! We love a conference. I was saving all my pennies. I'm so surprised that there's not a Loch Ness conference. There's one better though, almost. There is the Loch Ness Centre and Exhibition. Oh, yeah. 
uh, which is right next to the lock. I will 100% be going there. I really want to go to Scotland just because it seems awesome. cool as hell. Mm. Uh, and I 100% will be going to the lock to see, well, to, to Loch Ness to see Nessie. It's a bargain. It's only 8.45 for an adult ticket. Amazing. Can't go Sorry, past that's that. Sorry, that's a pound. So can't, can't get past can't that. I anymore. guess that's what probably for, what forty Australian dollars, <laughs> eight pound forty Australian dollars. Uh, so that opened in nineteen eighty, and they basically converted a pub slash hotel in nearby, nearby the lock. Uh, so it opened over thirty years ago. It features seventeen language translations. Wow. Uh, now has a a high tech multi multimedia presentation that leads you through seven themed areas and five hundred million years of history of Nessie. Um, So that's one. They also offer children's activities there and they do cruises of the lock. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm doing all of this. This is going on my to-do list. And a gift shop. I would be buying everything in the gift shop. Hopefully they've got like Nessie hats where it's like, (laughs) Yeah. Or like those curly straws, but they're like Nessie. (laughs) I would buy that. There is also uh, a place... I'm guessing it's in Inverness or close, called Nessie Land. Mm. It's not like Disneyland. It's better. Who says? <laughs> yeah. Um, so same sort of thing. They have models of the Loch Ness Monster and mm. enticing Nessie Cave, which I'll show you a photo in a second. The Nessie Cave? An adventure playground. I've got a Nessie Cave I'd like to show you. <laughs> Is that one extinct as well? <laughs> So this is a photo of the Nessie Cave. <laughs> oh, it's great. Why is the Nessie Cave like, it's, it looks <laughs> like, like it a, the entrance and then the head is just right in the middle of the entrance. It looks like it's sort of peeking through its own butthole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, Nessie Cave. It kind of looks it. like a shit, like school project. It looks a hundred percent like a... Yeah, like a school, like immersive experience <laughs> where like they're doing a Loch Ness school play and when you're entering the auditorium, they've got like the lobby all done up. So it feels like an immersive experience. That's oh my God, you can like. touch Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So that's Incredible. Um, I had a question from our super fan, Caitlin Wiles. Mm. Uh, she asked me, where does Nessie hide? Yeah, that's and that's probably my number one thing I'd like to know. So, of course, I just put that straight in the Google machine. Mm. And they think that this is why I said at the start of the episode that the depth thing is a bit sus because this article says there's a trench as deep as 900 feet. Oh, there's in, always trenches. In the loch, um, which they say is big enough to home a whole family of the elusive monster. I've got a t- trench big enough to... <laughs> oh, gosh. This episode's going downhill quick. This is why we shouldn't record on a weeknight. <laughs> Beck's been drinking all day. <laughs> so, Keith Stewart, who captains a tourist sightseeing boat up the Loch Ness... <clears throat> Use state-of-the-art sonar equipment to discover the depth of that trench. <laughs> you need sonar equipment. <laughs> Sassy's lost it. To measure the, the depth of my trench. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come here, get it out. 
All right, I gotta wrap this one up. <laughs> it's been a really hard tough week. <laughs> Beck hasn't laughed all week, so it's all happening at once. So Mr. Stewart said, I wasn't really a believer of the monster beforehand, but two weeks ago I got a sonar image of what looked like a long object with a hump lying at the bottom. <laughs> it wasn't there when I scanned the lock bed later. Wait, so when was this? Sorry. 2016. That's really... Did he have a picture? Because he uh, said he got it on sonar, so why don't we have a picture? <laughs> I couldn't find one, but is express.co.uk uh, <laughs> a trusted... Oh, uh, express.co.uk is where I get all my scientific... It's peer-reviewed scientific articles. Wow. Wow, well... So... <laughs> strong finish. <laughs> so Nessie, real or not? I think real. I think, I think probably... I think it was real at some stage yeah. in time. Or, or there's some kind of like giant fish living in there, like yeah. a, like like a very small family of. Maybe it's been over exaggerated the size, yeah. but it's obviously bigger than a normal sized sea creature. Yeah, it's like how I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know what set her off that time. <laughs> I've not met a few creatures that have been exaggerated. <laughs> this is just a giant sexual innuendo <laughs> episode now. Is any of this salvageable? <laughs> um, I know we can't talk about Bigfoot because that episode is still to come, but I think it's probably a similar situation to Bigfoot. But you don't know anything about Bigfoot. I haven't told you anything about Bigfoot. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, we'll save it. Save it for the, save it for the pod, the future pod episode. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think uh, probably partly real. Like I hope part it's of still there. Real or... <laughs> I hope he's, I want to go to Scotland and see him. You know, sometime in the next ten years when we're allowed to travel again. Go for a swim in the lock. Yeah, and just like. Would you swim in the lock if you thought Nessie could be there? No. You wouldn't risk your life, even if your obituary said <laughs> eaten by eaten fake by... monster. <laughs> Everyone now knows. Eaten by I mean, a sea look, camel. There's got to be, <laughs> there's got to be, you know, everyone's got to go somehow. So why not get eaten by a fake monster? That's yeah. probably real. Yeah. Why not? Say la vie. Say la vie. Woo. Now that we've all calmed down, it's probably a good time to wrap this one up. <laughs> Woo, well, Jono, that was a wild ride. That's um, part two of our... I want to say conspiracy. Well, it's part, it's part two, but we've yet to air part one, so... No, we, we did Flat Earth. That was our first oh, conspiracy. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say part uh, part part one of, like, the um, creatures because we're doing... Uh, the big, people keeping our Wikipedia world. page are going to get so confused they're, now. they're so confused. They're just scratching their heads right now. Uh, that being me. <laughs> um, great. I, I don't think it's a conspiracy in the same way, like, Flat Earth is a conspiracy. Because I think it's probably... it's real. Yeah, Flat Earth is 100% real and this is made up. Uh, just, no, just to I... follow up on Flat Earth, we're being followed by some Flat Earth people on Instagram. Right? Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad. Welcome, guys. We love having you. So I can't disparage them. <laughs> no, we only Otherwise have... we'll lose followers. <laughs> we can't lose any followers. Please don't abandon us, our Flat Earth friends. So I can't wait for that 
Nessie Bureau to start following us. Please. Oh, no, they're not around anymore. Maybe well, we need to start one. We'll Australia. start our own. Australia. We can start our own. Um, okay, so I uh, hope you well, learned a bit there. <laughs> yeah, that was a wild ride. Uh, apologies, everyone. It's been a tough, tough week. Really got the better of myself was, with my own joke it there. A, it was a bit of a slog there for me. <laughs> of a uh things got a bit off the rails towards the end but that's um that's what happens sometimes you know the magic of the stewed you get in the stewed you're recording the pod things can get different settings things can get bring different crazy <laughs> um all right well Jono, thank you for taking me through that uh really enjoyed it i believe our next episode we're kind of co-hosting really because we're doing a q&a we should talk about what our next episode should be anymore because <laughs> something <laughs> wrong. okay yeah that's true you can leave that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we get to the next episode and it is what we say it's going to be. Hopefully we'll find is, out. Hopefully this sounds okay. Uh, looking forward to learning and sharing. Where can, and you, having, where, where can people find our handles, Beck? They can find in us. The <laughs> in the deep trenches. In the deep trenches. At what the heck pod on Instagram, Twitter. Patreon coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> Uh, can't wait starting to price down, starting price starting price no $30 $30 a month sorry it's been upped a week or a month a week that's yeah, fair yeah I think I think. So. I mean listen to this content hey you could I'd pay for this um, awesome follow us rate review subscribe please give us positive reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts can you review podcasts on other apps or is it just Apple, Apple iTunes I don't use any other apps so I don't, don't know <laughs> That's probably not a good advertisement tool. Oh, well, wherever you listen to podcasts, download us. Until we, would... we sign our Spotify deal, like where we're <laughs> going to make $100 million. $100 million. I can see it. In my um, little crystal ball, that's what our future holds. I think if we're going to sign off anything this week, we should say be kind to each other. We should. Respect each other. Yep. Dismantle white supremacy. Donate to organizations of your choice. We joke, but I don't joke. No. Listening to a uh, lot of impassioned speeches by black power activists from the 60s today talking about what it is to be a communist uh, and to want to dismantle white supremacy and uh, capitalism at the same time. So I'm uh, feeling pretty fired up. And if, if you see people <coughs> not being kind, pull them up. Punch them in the face. Tell them they're being flogs. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Dirt bags. Any Let's do things? it. And yeah. until next time. <laughs> Don't have a sign off phrase. I'm like, until next time. Bye. Stay what the heckin'. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>